people say I'm no good and crazy as a loon Cause I get stoned in the morning and I get drunk in the afternoon Kinda like my old blue tick hound, I like to lay around in the shade And I ain't got no money, but I damn sure got it made Cause I ain't asking nobody for nothing if I can't get it on my own If you don't like the way I'm living You just leave this long-haired country boy alone Hello everybody, welcome to episode number 37 of the NFP Podcast presented by 3D Entertainment. The NFP Podcast is brought to you by Sneaky Weasel Lager and Hey Y'all Southern Ice Teas, the official alcohol sponsor of the show. As well, our official clothing sponsor, Wrangler, along live Cowboys. What's up everybody? It's been a hot minute, I know, a couple weeks. We're back, back in action. Joining me today, Jason Davidson. How you doing, JD? Hey, what's up, LT? Just chilling, bro. Huh? Just I chilling. love we got we got the we got the big bro on for this yep. uh, for this pod, and rightfully so. Um, with our guests, I think Jess can uh, shed a little light on our boy uh, Joe Baumgarten. Ner? <laughs> yeah, good start, Baumgarten. <laughs> yeah, <back that> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, Scott Byrne couldn't join us. Again, the guy just can't get out of the field, so we brought in uh, brought in Jesse Barron for this one. Jesse Barron, how you doing? Good, good, fellas. Good to be here. Freaking Jason, I'd just recommend going with Joe B from now on. That's Joe B? Yeah. <laughs> I had a complete and utter brain fart right there. A lot of, a lot of stuff going on today. A lot yep. of stuff going on. What do you yeah. got going on, Jason? Fill us in. What's been going on? Three weeks. Well, I'm trying to back, keep, trying so to what's keep- up? I'm trying to keep us all employed this week, and that's no shit. No shit. Yeah. All you know, would I love to have the weekend off and not have to drive to Grand Prairie? That would be probably okay. But I'd actually pedal my bike there. I put enough work into that sucker. I we need to get there. So yeah, it's been a trying week. Um, been a trying few days. Uh, but yeah, everything's a go. All systems a go. We're going to Grand Prairie then. So yeah. when this comes out, everybody will be driving that way. Including us. Including fucking <laughs> us. Oh, wow. Woo. After my week, I could have yeah, slept for a couple weeks. But it's well, good when to, are you going to get over that? Like, I, I actually, I remember my younger promoter days. You, you want to hear a good one? Yeah, always. <laughs> we, uh, I don't know what year this would be. And, and we're doing the PBR here in Saskatoon. And the Ramada, they've been such great hosts. Long Branch Ramada every year. You know, that's the spot. <clears throat> I have Jesse Bale riding up here that year. And if any of our <laughs> listeners know who Jesse Bale is, you talk about cow boy with a capital, capital K right there. <laughs> anyway, we got out of the bar and they used to give us a party room on the second floor. It was on the second floor. So, you know, easy enough just to take the stairs. But I'd say 20 some people decide they're going to take an elevator. Mm-hmm. And this sucker jams up between floor one and two. Because it's too heavy, it's overweight. So you got guys coming out of the bar full, like, and there's boxes of beer in there. So they start cracking beers, waiting for the fire department to come. <laughs> Jesse decides he needs to have a whiz and can't hit the bottle. 
So made a bit of a mess in the elevator. Finally get finally get the elevator rolling and get everybody out. <laughs> That's thanks to the fire department. We get at her all night long in the party room. And then the next morning, I've got management knocking at my door. Mm-hmm. And I just got to bed. Just got to bed. And my wonderful wife, she just she did the best interference play ever. She she gets up, answers the door, and and I remember saying, no, no, gee, he's down at the venue. He's got to promote an event tonight. And I was passed out in the bed. They couldn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I feel your pain, bro. I remember those days, you know, all that work you put in, and then you got to just cut loose after, right? Oh, yeah. Well, that's the main thing is like the, <clears throat> the party is the one thing. But as you know, like the everything that's going on and. I've been hung over a lot in my life, but this was like, it's more like exhaustion, right? When everything's done, especially it's at my house. So I have 300 some people, well, 600 some in your yard, in my yard, in my house. So plus we had a good time. I literally finished cleaning my house. Today's Wednesday. So Tuesday night, <laughs> getting it back to half normal. So, oh man, it was good. Yeah, the big thing is this year it's, it's cause you get to see everybody again. Like yeah. we haven't, you know, I'll tell you what, in six weeks, if we can keep rolling here, it won't be the same. We'll be, it'll be just like 14 days in Las Vegas. You'll be in your room by nine o'clock every night. And as soon as the last perf's over in your vehicle or at the airport, trying to get out of that place, we'll yeah, be, yeah. Uh, we'll be at each other's throats by then. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, before we get into the bull riding and all the stuff that went on there, uh, Jesse Barron, what's been going on, man? You were in, uh, Deadwood, South Dakota last weekend, been back on the trail. How's things been on the PBR side of things for you? It's been good. Yeah, it's been good to get back to the action. I uh, have been at a pretty reduced amount, to say the least, I guess. I was in Cheyenne and then Sacramento and had a few more weeks off after that. And then uh, got to go back to California for Anaheim, which was always a favorite of ours and uh, had a good time there again, for sure. And and then uh, Deadwood was really cool. It was just that unique venue, unique town. It's got uh, so much history there. And uh, that was actually uh, news to me that it was dad's first uh, PRCA rodeo there in Deadwood. So, Our fathers? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Our fathers? Oh, yeah. I thought, me, I thought, sorry, I thought you and I had been talking about that, Tanner. But oh, yeah, that's, he told me that on the, uh, the week before, I guess, when I was about to head down there that, that was oh, fucking a. shit. And that would have been uh, what, like 1985. Yeah. I said it on, I said eighties on TV. Cause I didn't want to, I didn't want to lie. I was just threw it in the decade. So I knew, I knew it had. To be. <laughs> yeah. Well, it would have been, uh, probably well, been far in 86. Yeah. yeah. Probably. I bet you it's 85. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it, yeah. What's that place like? I never did go ride there when they had the touring pro and summer stuff, and that was the first Unleashed the Beast. Looks like it's unreal, out old school yeah. wood shoots looking badass spot. Full on old school. Like I, I when I pulled into town, the the sign says population twelve hundred, and I'm like, holy moly! I haven't been to uh, UTB in, in a place like this. <laughs> yeah. so Madison Square, like, Madison Square to Deadwood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's got it. It was interesting though, but there was uh, yeah a lot of action. You go down on the on the main street there, and it's just all the old buildings. It seems like uh, nothing's changed. If you got rid of the the cars parked on the street, you wouldn't know that uh, we were in the 2020s. That's for sure. So yeah. it was fun, man. I could I could have just hung around 
hung around there for a little bit and settled into that outlaw lifestyle, but I don't know if that would have been a good idea. <laughs> yeah, if we, well, we might all be looking for a new place to live, but dead would be a good spot. Yeah, yeah, man. We could all be hiding out there just doing that. Please, I think. <laughs> I, I bet yeah, you masks. True. Did you see a mask in sight? No, like unless it was a full-on outlaw biker mask. But. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Uh, bull riding wise, bullfighting wise, everything was good. You said you were doing the TV again, back on the CBS broadcast, rolling along with all that. Yeah, it hit the mic back up, uh, following in Joe's footsteps. They're trying not to drop any F-bombs on live network action. But no, it's fun, and I enjoy doing that. It kind of gets gives me a chance to share a little insight as to to what uh what i see out there i guess and all the the ongoings and then uh bullfighting wise it's been good there's been uh some pretty smooth sailing which i am nervous to even say that's a knock on wood but um you know we've been getting through them good the the guys are hitting crunch time here so it's kind of you can see it there's some pressure building on on guys to either you know make that final push towards qualifying for the finals or, uh, you know, I don't know if you're going to try and challenge Jose, but there's some guys fucking that lemme. Yeah, will have that in their mind too. So it's fun. Yeah. Do you think Joe's going to watch it? I doubt that Joe's going to be tuning in, but, uh, <laughs> you, know, you, uh, you guys are going to love this interview with Joe Baumgartner. Oh, you know what? You talk about work. smooth Jesse and you can attest. I, uh, I, I had the, and I really mean it was a privilege to, to share a locker room with them just for 10 days. That was it. Um, but God, it was, you know, when I started, obviously, um, looked up to your dad, Miles, Rob, you know, when I was a young kid wanting to do it before I got into it. And, and then, you know, to be able to go to your dad's school and, and uh, fortunate enough that, you know, in his way, he picked me to be his, his best student. You know, you know how your dad is. There's, he's like, okay, by the way, you won. <laughs> but still, you know, I, I still got to hang out with, you know, one of my childhood heroes. Um, and then got to work several perks with your dad, which was great. And then got to know him and then thought, man, geez, I should teach my kids to pick better role models. And once you get to know them, it's not near as fun as it, as it was when you were a kid, but no, all bullshit aside, but yeah, growing up, it was, it was your dad, Miles and Rob, but once I got going, that's when Joe was the guy, you know, Joe was the guy that you wanted to be like, to be current at that time, Joe was the man, like he really oh, was yeah. Mr. Smooth, like, um, and I didn't realize Tanner, you never got to meet Joe before. No, I didn't come around until later on, right on that tour. And he was done by then. And as he talks in this interview, you don't fucking come around anymore at no, all. So no, 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 you, yeah. you know, but like, um, and Tanner, you or or Jess, you can attest to this because he, he is just a freaking beaut in the room and the, like, it is just no, no F's given like none. Yeah. He doesn't care. He tells you how it is and he goes, goes out and, and does his job. And like you said, Tanner, you'll enjoy some of the, a couple of these stories I didn't know about, like his first NFR that he could, or what would have been his first NFR, mm -hmm. you know, he didn't think he was ready. Like, yeah. that's just Joe. I never brought up um, this either. Uh, those NFR coats back in the day, man, that was the, that was, I think Greg Whitlow still wears his today. Anyway, uh, um, Joe never took one of them out of the plastic. 
they're all hanging in a closet somewhere still in the plastic they come in like that just joe never wore anything like that he just went to work right you know yeah, he's very authentic. Holy shit. Yeah. yeah. Would Joel have been, uh, Joe might have been the first bullfighter to actually just run the ball cap in the arena, too. When he was, uh, remember when he was the BMC? Was it BMC? I, you know, I forgot yeah, about yeah. it until you threw up the video yesterday of that jersey he was wearing. He had a chopper guy sponsoring him. Yeah. Um, he choppers. Yeah. He, yeah, he had a, a bike and everything. It was, that was like kind of when I was first coming around pbr and i was just like oh this is next level this guy's even more badass than i thought (laughs) (laughs) but like what you're saying about joe i just feel like it's it's kind of like he i was the same way i had all the the old school heroes of the kind of the the ogs where it was miles and rob and dad and that whole crew but it it was definitely a, a different era i feel like um joe kind of was the game changer where it was more into the less and less of the entertainment side of things and, and right. more into just business. The, the business and the protection. And like you say, he would, he just would go to work, do his job and uh, you know, make sure that he was contributing to the bigger picture. Basically that's how I feel like he viewed it. So. Well, I think Joe, uh, Joe paved the way for the guys that didn't want to do the freestyle stuff really like you look back. So his partner for the majority of his NFR is Lloyd Ketchum. I think, you know, Lloyd was a 91 Wrangler bullfight champion of the world. I know he got a world title in there somewhere. Like that was the last guy that was kind of, and Frank, you know, Frank did do the NFR um, as the bullfighter and in the Wrangler bullfights one year. And then after that, you kind of see this separation and that, which is fine. You know, there's some tremendous athletes out there that, freestyle is their gig um they should not be allowed to be in an arena when a guy's tying their hand to one it's well it is it's uh it's just two different disciplines um it's not even it's not even close um you know what i i should have brought this up with joe i remember uh oh shit you guys would be little when this all went down they were doing these bullfight bullfighter competitions so you actually got you actually got judged on how you protected bull riders yeah. Well, you get freestyle guys coming in there. They're they're they want to wreck because they want to get in there and do something. It was yeah. the craziest shit you ever saw. I would <laughs> them bull riders were literally they might as well had nobody out there because they knew they were going to get into a wreck so those guys could get them out and get judged. Like, <laughs> it was, there's still some of that mentality that that carries over even oh, definitely yeah. still some of that mentality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, that's cool. like the specialization of it. That's that's what I think. Like you say, is is the is what was cool to me to see was Joe really hone in on the on the protection and the support of the bull riders kind of side of it. And um, it was always interesting. He one thing I wanted to say is he told me that first night after my first perf uh, at the at the finals, he said, uh, "You did a great job, but you need to just slow down." And I thought I was going slow already. And he's, you know, and he said, uh, it's not football. You don't need to be intense every second of it. So he's like, just calm down. And I kind of thought, well, I thought, I, I thought I'm pretty calm. And, and uh, it just kind of always stuck with me because I feel like, you know, for example, if you go to the doctor or if you're in an accident or you need a first responder, say, do you want that person to be just the most intense 
individual that's just like oh my god you know we got a wreck what do we got to do making more of it than it is or do you want the person that's just cool and calm and is like all right no big deal it is what it is we'll figure this out and and that's kind of how I always feel like Joe's attitude was in the arena and I always tried to kind of model myself after that yeah Yeah, I, I I that's great advice right there um I think your little bro here, old cinnamon nuts, he's kind of that uh, in a nutshell for sure. Standing out in the arena with him, you can tell like Tanner has got it slowed down. I think that's, you know, you've been around it your whole life, but as a guy that's been around it for three, four, long time, four decades, um, oh. I really see that in Tanner's in Tanner's style. Like um, you don't get too worked up. And, and I don't know, Tanner, maybe when you're on the mic, in the arena that brings you down a little bit because you you know you gotta you know you gotta shift focus and I don't know if that if, if it's just your you, you know your mentality or the way you go at your profession but I guarantee that's an asset for your career right there that oh, cool. makes a lot of sense thanks man that's the kind words hole huh these guys uh no I think I just tried to do it well, just like my bow riding career it's it a dangerous your, fucking if you really want sport. you want me to get ripping on you no no let's not do that <laughs> there's a lot of that to do too <laughs> I think it depends where I'm at I'm a little bit more high strung at this one because I'm doing the whole thing and it's at my house like the event that we did last week you are you are outside the arena because I've seen it yeah. and that's fine I've been there I know what it's like to to put on events I get that yeah. but you have to like I did it like you at the start I I put them on and fought bulls and it, that's tough that ain't easy to do yeah. um that's when you got to have good people around you so when you step in that arena to go do your job you have no more worries right you got yeah. I know everything's taken care of yeah. um, but it it's well, I, Joe mentions it, um, how Lloyd was hard to work with those perfs when he was fighting the Mexicans during the NFR opposed to the, um, the perfs, I, I believe, I think the Wrangler bullfights used to be six of the 10 rounds, four or six, can't, can't remember, didn't make it. Anyway, um, I, I remember those days like Cloverdale and, and you asked your dad, <laughs> there's a couple stories about Cloverdale, like I remember him looking at me. And, and, you know, you got 58 ka-ching, but a bing drawn in, in 30, 30 minutes or 20 minutes from then. It's it's not easy to, to get your mind focused on what's going on when you know you're going to nod your head for one of the baddest, you know, fighters in the country. Hey, yeah, bro. <laughs> you know, that bull went to the NFR. Like, there's a couple of them. Or even just wondering the day before if you're going to draw MC Hammer out of the pen. <laughs> Yeah. Which it's I like dodged. I That's dodged similar. six of them. I dodged him six times. Never did have to nod for that son of a bitch. Yeah. The anxiety and all the shit that comes with yeah, waiting on the yeah. draw and waiting on all that shit. So when you're supposed to have a calm demeanor as a bullfighter, I can see what you guys are saying. When you have to do the bullfight afterwards, try to separate those, I'm sure, like <clears throat> Joe talks, because you would be just juiced for that whole thing, not thinking about your job, you'd be thinking about not dying when they fucking crack the gate on your fight yeah yes so everybody i think you can tell that we are very excited for to show you guys this interview with joe as our uh, one of our heroes in the bullfighting game we could go on and on for, about stories about this guy, but hopefully you guys are excited as excited as we are to to hear joe's uh joe's interview but we'll get to that in a minute before we do just jason the event itself we can go back to that we we're at the prince albert pbr 
presented by Riverside Dodge last weekend. A couple points that I wanted to go about, uh, bring up was the, the bull rats. How about the bull riders fucking come? Oh boy. Step up and step out. Yeah, no, it was good. There's some guys there. They, they've got their eye on the prize. Um, you know, this, if anybody's following the standings week to week or after event, like it, the shuffle, you know, um, you see the two, the two veterans, Dakota Butter and Zane Lambert this week, one and two. And then you got Griffin Smeltzer in there at number three. Like the kid, he's focused. You know what's surprising me the most? And I had a conversation on the phone last night with, with, with Jared Parsonage. Um, never in a million years didn't think he'd be in the top three right from start to finish. And, you know, he knows it. Um, he, he's, he, you know, he totally plans on changing that this weekend in, in Grand Prairie, yeah. but yeah, like some rank bull rides night. First night, what do we have a 90, 89 and a half? A couple 80, 88, uh, 88 and a half. Yeah. yeah. It was unreal. It was one of the best yeah. short rounds I've seen all year. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right in the backyard road, catch my drift road, spooky Lukey, Lonnie West wins the whole event on the, on the, over the two days and they don't ride that bull. I don't know if have they rode Spooky Lukey before? Maybe a couple, a couple times. times but, uh, yeah. Dakota, I think Dakota rode him in Medicine Hat. And you know what? I don't know why he is an intimidating, big, mean prick. But that bull's just when he bucks, he's just there. Well, he, he likes it here. I think he's always been good at this one. We were talking about that after the event with the guys because the arena is so small. He doesn't have that room to blow and move. He's, he's here yeah. to be. He can be like a fucking letting the air out of a balloon sometimes and get a, try to get across the whole big arena. I think you might feel trapped in there and just bucks, just sets up and bucks. And well, I got uh, a solution for that. But well, you three bullfighters, just like we had to in the old days, get out and block them. No, he's fucking mean though too. He'll come and get you. Yeah. Yeah. Stand your ground. He'll turn. He'll turn. Oh, <laughs> uh, I tried standing my ground a few times this weekend in the old in the tight pen. Fuck, I kicked one time. Jesus. Oh, yeah, man. nice save on that uh, hot tamale. Uh, who had him drawn? The Brind uh, Callum Miller. That's another guy that's yeah. top five right now. Jesus, he's riding freaking off. That was that bull's hard. Kind of at all ends. Bucking shoots in the arena when he bucks and afterwards too to to fight him. He, he's mean and comes with it, but. Uh, whenever they could, they don't ride him very often either. And Callum stuck it all over and made it, made a great bull ride. Frick, there was, yeah, that was what stood out to me was the, although it was cold and it's my backyard, but we tried to pump it up and it's not a big sellout crowd. The boys fucking stuck it all over. them like, they were at Madison square garden or wherever else. Right. This is as good a bull riding as you could have got. Yeah, it was, it was really good. Uh, and the, and, uh, your Calcutta's wow. Mm -hmm. wow. great support that's one thing why i can do these events is the the local uh community gets behind it so much right with all our table sales private private event right so i just sell the tables and then our sponsors right uh prince albert toyota riverside dodge is the main sponsor signature developments lips of cartage um e-tech utilities max Bore. Holy i don't know like, oh Sorry, i know folks. right Sorry, no, i had to i got a shout about <laughs> We got to get Tanner through his list here. Can I give the PBR sponsors a plug right now? I, sure, if you want. It's great. All right. Cooper Tire, Yeti, Wrangler, <laughs> Pendleton Whiskey. Uh, who else we got here? Ford, Alberta Boot, and our <laughs> friends at the South Point Casino and Hotel. Thank you. Joby. <laughs> um, yeah, Joby. Yeah, but, uh, but it's pretty wild, like how badass of a lifestyle you can have as a, as a bull riding guy, right? Well, it's, and we were wanting to go to work. Yeah, 100%. Right? Yeah, you know, shit, we just yeah. want to get our guys together again. 
Yeah. Yeah, you got a, you got that. You got a good thing going there. It's a that's a great little atmosphere and um I brought over some friends of ours from uh just down the road at, at Shell Lake there and mm-hmm. and they've been to events before but not with that atmosphere like he just like it's right there. Yeah, right. Personal. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, like yeah. you're wiping some dust out of your eyes when the event's over. Yeah, that was shit. So yeah, great community. And like I say, it takes all these great sponsors, the people that are coming out getting tables, the people behind the scenes with the dirt and the, you know how it goes, Jason. There's a million people behind the scenes that are making sure this gets put on. So huge thank you to everybody on that. Everybody that's listening, that's a part of it. You know who you are. And very, very much appreciated. And we'll keep them going as long as we can, as long as we can keep getting support. So other than that, a couple other shout outs would be uh, Robert Schmidt on the mic. Uh, yep. second PBR, he didn't matter. He was awesome. We got a little NFP style there. If you're listening on the videos, we got some cussing and some fucking around going on there. So <laughs> I thought that was awesome. Tons of fun. Scott burned with him too. And I think Scott helped him settle down a little bit. He was nervous. He said the first day, as you would be right. You know, first for PBR sure. Event, so. Yeah. But I loved him. And he was awesome. We had fun as well. Um, Ryan, the sound guy, that guy, Gator. yeah, Gator, yeah. gotta give him a shout yeah. out for he's great at the sound and great at playing guitar. You know, um, I think it's like, oh, a, is he? Song. Holy fuck, yeah, we played for uh, well, long ways through the night, but yeah, <laughs> you know, the, you know, that song, I'm still oh, uh, with you, York, Go yeah, Everclear, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Everclear, yeah. <laughs> so we played, he played that one, can he sing too? Times. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Teddy. You're going to yeah. be out of a job unless you can start singing and playing guitar. Fucking right. Gator's in. So shout out to Gator. Uh, he's like you said at the Calcutta Bitters. Jeez, that was through the roof. Mike Lipchuk, we got to give him a shout out. Holy shit. Uh, with yeah. Max in town, that guy. Like Doug Bold says, you got to work on them averages. Oh, damn right. <laughs> so he'll get that back at one of these events here now. And then, yeah, just that uh, our, our guys that are riding so good, but then Jake Gardner and Jordan Hansen, I was yeah, going to say, too. Moves. We got them back now up here in Canada from the U.S. They've been rodeoing all year. They showed up, showed up, showed out. Jake rode all his bulls all weekend. Jordan was 90 bull of the year. So really good well, to have those guys back. Yeah, and good point, Tanner. You know, uh, you just expect those guys to be at our finals in Edmonton in November. But up until your event, they, were, they weren't even at zero points. So yeah, they got some catching up to do, but that's going to be two big assets on the Canada Cup Series Tour is, is having those guys back as well as all our top guys, young guys. She's going to be fun to, to see how this all plays out. And well, yeah, that you, big check. I never looked at this, Tanner. You got some guys that you would expect, like Shea Marks sitting 30th, Tim Lips at 29, uh, Coy Robbins at 23, um, Todd yeah. Cutowitz at 21. Those guys got to make a move. You know, with, with Dalen coming to Edmonton, you got to be in the top 19. So, you know, there's time. There's lots of points to be made here in this next uh, five weeks. But when that five weeks is up, there's no more points to get. Yeah, no shit. So that was fun. That was a great time. We'll keep those coming, those events. Uh, PA right here at the backyard bash. I might have to put up a tent or something outside so I don't totally wreck my house one day. <laughs> but we'll see we'll just say garage only <laughs> well, i know but i'll wreck that fucking thing too <laughs> well it's just a garage i know but you see how hard we can go um, no, I, i've i have done myself and my body a favor and left yeah. following each 
I had a wedding the day after too. So the event was Thursday, Friday, oh. and I had a wedding Saturday night too. And it was uh, high school friends. So oh. uh, right back to it. So yeah, it was a long few days, but hey, that's life in the fast lane. Sometimes you got to dance, boys and girls. <laughs> Don't say well with a mud hole. Um, Jess, give me your series on, on that tour. Lemme, tears are growing off. Hey, he wasn't there this weekend? No, weekend off. I think it's going to be more like uh, quite a while off, but I, I, I shouldn't say that because I haven't talked to him or uh, heard anything really more on a timeline, but uh, yeah, it's not good. That, that always scares me. The, those, well, as you guys know, but the, the groin injuries, anything to do with that core is, Fuck. is pretty yeah, sketchy. Dude. So um, I guess the good news is, is he has uh, got himself a nice little cushion that hopefully he can let his body heal up right before he feels the need to have to get back on. So We'll see how that unfolds. But meanwhile, those other guys got a chance. Kaike. Yeah, so that, that's going to be their race, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think. Yeah. So he. How's Coop, Cooper got a third? Cooper Davis? I don't know. Maybe see us. He wrote, he, he made some good bull rides. Yes. Is, he Joe's only, is, he, is he Joe's only hope? Kaike can catch him, maybe. No, that's not Joe's. That's not in Joe's wheelhouse, though. Joe, oh, <laughs> yeah, you're saying that. <laughs> yeah, Cooper's probably Joe's only hope. Yeah. Take it All right. American. Well, Cooper, if you're listening, you got probably one of the greats of all time in your corner in Joe Bonger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's on your side. <laughs> uh, Jason, I wanted to touch on um, COVID protocols. I know it's a touchy subject with you, but – for people that are going to Grand Prairie in these Canada Cup events, is there any special things that they need to have, or what? How do we, what do we got to do? Well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're right. It's it is what it is. I can be miserable about it all I want, but it's it's the life and the world we're in here in Canada. Um, but yeah, we we have to follow. You know, we're not going to do anything reckless. That's going to jeopardize the PBR name or brand or our contestants, sponsors or our fans. So. Um, yes, as, as, a, as a group, we all have to test. All We have our own testing, rapid testing that we've got to pass. Jess has been going through this shit for 18 months uh, with the U.S. team. And um, Stacey Meyer and Proceed, is, uh, we've contracted him for all of our, our Cup Series events. So Grand Prairie this weekend, on to Medicine Hat, Calgary, Saskatoon, and Edmonton where you can come and get your uh, your legit three-day or 72-hour test that actually lets you out of jail for the weekend, apparently. And you can, you know, you can go to the event both nights if you wish on a two-day event. You can go to a restaurant if you're not double-vaxxed or, or whatnot. So it's an alternative, but it was a commitment that we wanted to make um, to our fans that, you know, that, you know, we may not have both their shots or for whatever reason have chose not to, they can still come and watch the event, um, get their test and, and be good for two days or what if you're vaxxed, you just, you just show, you just show proof of vaccination. Proof of vaccination and you're good. So is that for fans and for everybody that walks in that building contestants, personnel, fans, our, our contestants will be testing regardless whether you're vaxxed or not. Okay. So everybody same, that same walks in the- that building will either be vaccinated or has a no. negative COVID test. So when you're walking in as a fan, if you have your double vax card, you just walk in. Mm-hmm. If you don't have proof of vaccination, 
then you have to do the, the proceed test. And yeah. you're going to have to wait your 15 minutes to get in. For contestants and personnel for our team, our PBR team, we all test. Just, you know, because if you're double vaxxed, you can still have COVID, right? So we just don't want to wipe out our team one day or game day, you know, um, and we have to send 10 people home. So we'll be in a position by uh, Medicine Hat where you guys will test at home Wednesday just to know you're good um, or Thursday. You know, what, we, what do we do if, if you get to the building there Friday, Tanner, and then you test positive? You know, we're down a bullfighter. Oh, shit. Now, now, now Dave and, and uh, Brad are positive. So now we don't have t- any announcers. So, yeah, we just got to be smart about it and get ahead of it. I still have to test. I'm double vaxxed, but I still have yeah, to yeah. test. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Uh, you got any of those tests at home right no. now? No. I'm, I don't know. I got to look. Megan might, but I think I don't have to test because I'm vaxxed. Go ahead and tell Brando that. <laughs> yeah. There's okay. still tests in me too, baby. Fuck. Okay. So. Yeah. Just love that t- conversation, eh? Yeah. Fuck. CFR. <laughs> talk do you think the cfr is going to go for those of people that are listening in canada what we're talking about uh in particular alberta but on another lockdown so our events that are in grand prairie medicine and calgary coming up cup events that's what we're talking about how we're trying to jump through some different hoops to make sure that we can still have those events even though now there's a bit of a lockdown going on in alberta again which if you follow the cpra rodeo world ended up uh, taking out the last two events of the year that were indoors, which were Olds, Alberta and Edmonton, Alberta, both canceled their, their rodeos right at the end of the year. The Hannah indoor pro rodeo, as it's known, went to the Hannah outdoor pro rodeo, uh, went outside with their event, still had it. Um, the CFR coming up in November, I'm guessing probably the same situation as you guys are in Jason, right? Just trying to jump through hoops to make sure that things go. Yeah, I, I've had no dialogue. Talk to Parsonage a little bit about it last night. But yeah, I don't I have enough on my plate to worry about our group and keep us rolling. So I, I haven't even reached out or um, I'm sure they're doing their due diligence and, and research and homework on what's best. But yeah, it's it's not easy because the people buying the tickets are what pays us for us to play it's you know when you're you're talking about 30 percent less ticket sales or even 20 percent less ticket sales across the board that that's the difference of uh us doing this again in 2022 or not you know it's that's the reality of it you know we make a living off our fans um and sponsors so um uh, i would think that that centrium needs to be full to make the books balance. Um, so the, I, I'm sure they've, they're exhausting every effort they can to make sure that they can, they can uh, bring in as many people as possible. Yeah. What if they went oh. great cup stuff, just send it outside, outside in the snow. Yeah. CCA finals. CCA finals on the weekend, but the weather looked really nice down there. You know? Yeah, it was all right. Same as mine this last weekend was outdoors. It was cold that first day of the wind. Yeah, shit, it was. Yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah. But we got our lined out. Boys still stuck them. But speaking of sponsors, hey, all Southern Ice Teas. Hey, all Southern Ice Teas. Our tea is always served iced and hard. This vodka based iced tea is brewed with genuine black tea and lightly sweetened. Enjoy a hey, all Southern Ice Tea while taking in the main bull riding event. 
or sipping a cold one on the porch. Hey, y'all, Southern Ice Teas, the official refreshment beverage of the NFP podcast. Okay, Jess, the NFP sponsored buckle for the junior steer riding in the CCA Canadian Cowboys Association uh, was won by Grady Young, another good young kid that we've talked about a few times on here, Blade Young's boy that is going to a good up and comer. So good to see the the NFP Entertainment Buckle uh, going to uh, going to a good kid. So shout out to everybody at the CCA Finals for pulling all that off. Looked like it was a, a great event, great rodeo outside. Other than that, I think we're good. We got one more ad read for our friends at Manscaped. At Manscaped. Autumn is in the air. The pumpkins are in the patch, and our friends at Manscaped are here to make sure you don't carve your pants pumpkins when you're grooming. If you know what I'm saying, make sure you're keeping things fresh this fall with the leaders in male grooming and their brand new fourth generation performance package. Boys, get ready for a cuffing season like no other. Ready to take the leap into fall with Manscaped? Join the 2 million men worldwide using Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code NFP20. It's time to bundle up with the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, Crop Preserver ball deodorant, Crop Reviver toner, Performance Boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold your goodies. First off, the new Performance Package 4.0 includes the new Lawnmower 4.0. If you're looking to cozy up this fall, this trimmer is essential. This fourth genera- generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming and accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. It also gives you the ability to turn the 400, no, oh, what the fuck, 4000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. Plus, it's waterproof. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their performance package 4.0, the Manscaped boxers and the shed travel bag. Get comfy on the home and on the go this season. So get 20% off plus free shipping with the code NFP20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code NFP20 at manscaped.com. Make your balls a priority this fall. Choose Manscaped. Your balls will. Thank you. Boom. Boom. Like that, Adrian? Not bad. Okay. Wrapping up. Thanks, everybody, for being patient. I know it was uh, a hiatus for us a couple weeks off, but uh, with this busy season coming on, there's just a lot on the go. So we're, we're going to try to keep pumping these out as much as we can uh, with, with a bunch of great guests. Uh, thanks for the feedback. I had a lot of people reaching out and, and talking about the podcast and, and uh, like it. So, yeah, keep letting us know what you think, and, and we'll, uh, we'll keep pumping them out. Big thanks to everybody at the Prince Albert PBR, presented by Riverside Dodge. Riders, sponsors, family, crew, everybody that, that made that possible. Uh, once again, great reviews on that, and everybody's looking forward to, to more of those coming up. So I appreciate everybody that, that helps put those on. Other than that, Jess, you're good. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate you coming on. I know you're a busy guy, so when, whenever we can get you on, we'd love to have you. appreciate you being on here. Oh, yeah, man. It's fun. I enjoy being on, and uh, sad I missed the, the bull riding at the ranch, but glad that uh, glad that it went well. I was, I was going to say, too, those, those pictures are classic, like with the – lights coming through the dust it looks pretty old school i was yeah. reminiscing through through the internet kind of uh trying to keep up so that's awesome glad you guys had a good one and uh yeah hopefully i'll get back on here again we'll keep busy Fucking hey so uh 
Everybody want to follow Jess, tune in to CBS and anywhere you can watch the PBR, which I know is tough to fucking do up here in Canada. But uh, yeah, we'll be following you and, and uh, watching along with everything that you're up to. And we'll keep everybody updated on uh, social media with everything NFP. With that, one of our most legendary, is that proper English? Most legendary interviews? I don't know if that's fucking correct or not, but a great interview that, that we were all uh, very pumped to, to show you guys and I hope you guys like it as much as, as we did doing it. So with that, here is our interview with Joe Bumbert. Joe Bumgarner once jokingly told a reporter, I know more bulls than I do people. And while that might not be strictly true, it may be safely said that very few men had a better working knowledge of bucking bulls and their tendencies. Bumgarner of Red Bluff, California, won the PRCA Bullfighter of the Year Award each of the first four years it was given, 2004 through 2007, and was selected to work the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo a record 14 times before retiring in 2011 after his 19th appearance at the Pendleton Roundup. A native of the San Francisco Bay Area who didn't become involved in rodeo until his high school years, Bumgarner was a natural at his chosen vocation from the very beginning, always driven by a single purpose of keeping the bull riders safe from injury. Stock contractor John Growney put it this way, what made Michael Jordan great? What made Joe Montana great? Whatever that was is what made Joe Bumgarner great. Our guest today has made 18 trips to the PBR World Finals, 14 trips to the Wrangler NFR, a Pro Rodeo Hall of Famer, a Jim Shoulders Lifetime Achievement Award recipient, and is regarded as one of the best to ever put on a set of cleats. The legend himself, Mr. Joe Baumgartner. Joe, how are we doing today? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. It's nice to hear, nice to hear voices from my old friends because you, you don't get to see your friends very much anymore when you quit. <laughs> hey there's a lot of friends i really don't want to see that i really don't miss <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's fair oh what a list of achievements holy shit we'll get into uh all that as we as we roll through this podcast right now but first things first uh where are you at today where are we where are we catching you at what's going on around there oh well you know when you get so old then you got to find a real job at least some of us do so i'm at the south point now i'm running the uh the operations department of the arenas and uh we just built a new one so uh they, they keep us pretty busy around here oh shit so what does that all entail what's what's your gig you run all the the stuff within those arenas that's yeah that's from uh the setup of the events the the tractor in uh you know the dirt work, the uh, the tear down after, and and get ready for the next one. So as an old, I'm in a good place. I'm down here where I can say fuck if I don't like the way things are happening, <laughs> and I can say fuck if I do like the way those things are happening. <laughs> and people don't give me shit down here. They kind of stay out of my way. Oh, uh, that's yeah. I've sat with you in the odd locker room, Joe, and I know that's what you would appreciate in life, right there. Let's hop into the uh, speaking of that saying fucking not allowed to say fuck. I heard the one time. You did uh, the TV gig for the PBR when you were rolling. Maybe not not a long career at that due to the due to the f bombs being dropped. Well, you know it was kind of a funny story. They they weren't even supposed to have the microphone on. They're they were supposed to tell me when they were turning it on. And it was one of them days where everybody was getting a the shit hooked out of them. And uh, 
I had one finally get me up for the shoot, and I started kicking him in the head to say, would you get the fuck off of me? <laughs> somehow it made it on TV. Well, the PBR was pretty upset about it. And uh, so they're all, Joe, they met me at the locker room. Joe, you can't say this and that, this and that, this and that. Well, funny thing is, two months later on their summer break, they showed a replay of Albuquerque, and guess what? It was they on again. Say, they heard me say it again because apparently <laughs> they must have liked it because they didn't take it off the film. <laughs> the ratings, the ratings went way up. Oh yeah. But but back then you didn't get. I don't know if they get paid for it now, but I know I didn't get paid for it then, so I was happy not to have that thing on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, going back to the the early days, originally from California, uh, San Francisco Bay Area, correct? Yeah, yeah, Concord, which was kind of the it would be the East Bay. Okay, so how does uh, how does a guy like that uh, get into the sport of rodeo, bull riding, all that in general, right from uh, from the get go? There. Well, you know, like when I was when I was, uh, I think I was fourteen or fifteen. I took a job feeding this guy's animals because he lived over. He was he lived like forty five miles away from where his bulls were kept, and I lived about I lived about a mile and a half. And so the guy he uh, and I had a horse there uh at this at this at this barn and uh so the guy says uh, hey would you mind feeding my animals no not at all I'll, I'll, i can do that you know and it's just once a day well the guy was an old uh he was kind of a mechanic would buy like cars rebuild them and then sell them you know kind of just a good trade like that mm-hmm. and he had like a 1968 cadillac or 65 cadillac and he cut the cut the trunk out of it and that was my hay wagon and i drive it from my house to work every day at, at 15 years old so uh, I'd go across them fields with, you know, six or eight, 10 bales of hay on there. Just go feed animals. And so the guy had a, he had a rodeo, a junior rodeo. And he's all, Joe, do you want to fight bulls at this thing? And I go, well, I never tried it, but yeah, you know, I'd like to do so. Uh, so anyway, Ted Groney was there. If mm-hmm. it, you know, the PBR people and the, the old bull riders remember Ted. Um, yeah. Yeah. And he, uh, he said, Joe, come on. I'll, you know, he kind of liked what he saw. So he kind of took me under his wing and just kind of, I started, started working with him a lot. Started doing some high school rodeos and then a few college rodeos. And then he got busy doing some things and he's all, Joe, I'm going to send you this high school rodeo by yourself. And you know, it was, it was, it was good. It was good. I, the only bad part was I worked for Dan Russell and everybody knows how mean he was, you know? So <laughs> it was kind of one of them deals that I'd fight. I'd, I'd load bulls. I'd load horses. I'd load calves, steers, whatever. And if I did good, he'd say, Joe, go ahead and put your stuff on. You can fight bulls tonight. Beauty. <laughs> you know what? I wonder, I bet you these two guys, these two burn boys we have on the pod never had to do that. Have you guys ever had to, untie calves or load steers or start yeah jesse's saying Fuck yeah, yeah. Tanner, don't don't even bullshit tanner the neck ropes and doing it all man i didn't think uh, that neck ropes do doesn't count neck ropes don't count <laughs> no. next ne- hey neck ropes is not getting on a horse at five o'clock in the morning going to gather shit out of a pasture <laughs> no, and then go, going to a rodeo and working your ass off all day and then you're tired as shit and then the guy goes, yeah, go ahead and fight bulls now. I think he was doing it because he knew I was tired as shit and I was going to get the shit hooked out of me. Did you do a bunch of um, freestyling? Like, was that when you started going at that time? Was that when the bullfights and all that stuff were going on? Or what's what's your past with that? Yeah, the, the, the bullfights were kind of, I think they were kind of toward the end of their career. Because the, the first two years I worked the finals, I think they had the bullfights, maybe the first three. And uh, then they were, then they were no more. Did you give that a go, Joe? Freestyle. You know, I did it one time at Ellensburg 
And this bull threw me out of an arena. I was stupid enough to get back in the arena. He threw me out again in the exact same spot over the exact same buck and shoot they turned him out of. And that's when I decided no more. <laughs> Good career move, though. Good career move. You know, and like, like Dan Russell, when I was a kid, he always had a Mexican fight bull. And you know, I got around him pretty good. And then one day I couldn't get around him. I told him it's time to sell him. And he actually took my advice and got rid of him. Right. And well, so that was, that was the end of that deal. Then he started with some black muleys and then it was really good. Yeah. <laughs> That's a little better. Uh, so what was the, where was your break, Joe? Like if you, if you look back in your career, what, what was the, where, where was the time or the place or that defining moment where, uh, you know, when you got your pro card or, and you thought, you know, wow, I, I might be able it's cause if anybody knows you, Joe, you, you're the, one of the most humble dudes I've ever been around. So I, I don't see you as the guy that was really self-promoting, um, to get anywhere. You obviously let your actions do all the work for you. And where, where did that, you know, where did that transpire for you in your career? You know, I'm going to tell you, it was, it was one move that it was one move, the whole thing. We was at a, we were at a BRO back before the PBR and stuff. And uh, Cody Snyder got on a bull called Wilford of Louis Fields. And he was a big kind of old school rodeo Brennell. And he throwed Cody off and I run in between them. And this bull hooked the dog shit out of me. <laughs> and, you know, the right people, you know, T Ty was there. Cody was there. Tough was there. And that, that one, it was just that one move. But pretty soon everybody goes, Jesus Christ, this kid, he's, you know, he's yeah. okay. But it was one, it was one move. And I think Cody Snyder four ride so bad that day. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we can't, you know, Tanner said it in the opening, 18 PBR finals, 14 trips to the national finals rodeo. And for our listeners, um, uh, and I, I'm the majority of them understand like that's a voted position on by not by your peers, but by the bull riders, the, the guys that are putting it all on the line, tying their hands into the, into the twine on the back of them means some bucks that they're, you know, for 18 consecutive years, Joe, um, that that's impressive, you know? Um, yeah. And it, you know, the, the, the difference, I think right now I can still fight bulls right now. I mean, they start bucking these bulls at a year old. You know, so they're pretty broke by that time. When I was, when I was rolling, these bulls come off them ranches, you know, there was nothing, you know, they were, they, they were five and six years old when they first saw people. Oh. And, uh, you know, so it was a little different. It was a little more ranchy back then than it is, you know, than it is now. So have you ever done the math on how many performances you fought bulls in the Thomas and Mac and did you, and you didn't get to T-Mobile, did you? Uh, no, never, never T-Mobile. So Thomas and oh, I did. I went there once because they, they put me in that uh, whatever the Hall of Fame deal. So I had oh, to walk yeah. out there. Yeah. yeah. So how many perfs in the Thomas and Mac, Mandalay Bay, and MGM, Joe? Do you think that might be? Oh, I couldn't even guess. I was trying. I, it was funny because a little while ago we were trying to figure out just how many how many bulls I actually worked in between the NFRs and and the PBR finals. That's but I couldn't, I, I don't know who does in their careers, let alone at two. Yeah, two. yeah, yeah. I read a, I read a thing online. Somebody, it might be false, but it was over 6,000 bulls in Las Vegas alone. Wow. Wow. Right? <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I bet that's low. Yeah. No I shit. Hey, wow. I got a better wow. question. How many, how many Coors lights have you drank <laughs> in Las Vegas? <laughs> oh, 
Once again, <laughs> once again, I couldn't figure that out. That took way too long. Oh, uh, Joe, what was the road to the to the very first NFR? Because did you go to the NFR before the PBR World Finals? PBR didn't start till '94. Uh, yeah, yeah, I had two years of the NFR before the PBR Finals started. So that year, I actually tried. I actually walked in the locker room. When they were saying they were talking about starting it, I walked to the Bull Riders locker room with with my bunny, and I tried to give it to him to be an original, one of the original guys of the of the PBR. No shit. They told me it's for Bull Riders only. Get out. Oh damn! I had to give I had to give Mister God back his thousand dollars that I borrowed from him. <laughs> Speaking of Mister Gone, our listeners probably don't know this, but you had your your own room at at the gold coast prior to the Mr. Gong own, owning the, the South point, right. Did it not have your name right on the door? Is that a true story, Joe? No, that's not true. I that's not true. The room I stayed in said Michael gone on it most of the time. <laughs> well, so, you know, you had some extra, you know, some, some pretty good service then eh? if it had Mr. Gong's name on it. Oh yeah. Yeah. I never, I never had to wait for a clean towel, put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> What's the, what are the ties to, um, to Las Vegas, to the Gone family, to all, to all that, just from from working the NFR for all those years and PBR World. No, Finals. you know, you know, before I was, I'd met, I'd met Michael Gone way before, uh, way before I started. Way, well, I was fighting bulls already, but way before the finals, uh, Michael Gone and John Growney kind of partnered up on buying some bucking horses. Okay. And uh, so when they were buying bucking horses, Michael would come to the rodeos and. So I, I probably met Michael probably the first year I was in the PRCA, probably back in 1987, 1988 or so. So you guys probably weren't even born in, Jess, were you? Just well, one year in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. No, but then, you know, ever since then, you know, and, uh, you know, Michael's kind of always just been part of the family. And then he bought a ranch up out of Lostine, Oregon, and we did a little rodeo up in Joseph, Oregon. Well, he was there one night, and uh, this bull just just plastered me to the bucket chutes, tore my eyebrows off, broke my nose. It was a it was a bloody mess. And so they they tried to load me to ambulance. And you guys probably know you guys might know Jay Man from Pendleton. No, oh yeah, I don't think so. Well, great guy. Anyway, so I told him I said, Jay Man, there ain't no way I'm getting an ambulance to go. I said, let's get in your truck and you can take me. And so we went back to. I can't enterprise, I think, or one of the, I can't remember the little town, but we went back there to the, to the hospital, which was just one room with a, you know, they had curtain dividers in it. And so I've been the ho- I've been there and they're stitching my face up and stuff. And I hear Mr. Gone in the background. Well, you can't come in there. He goes, I'm his dad. I could go anywhere I want. And uh, <laughs> he walked right in the room and I ain't never let him forget that he said that. There you go. Oh yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. That's, that's pretty so cool. Yeah, that's yeah, but cool. he's, a, you know, he's he's one of the greatest individuals I've ever met. So, and well, he been... likes to get treated just like a human being because he gets spoiled around here so much that he like, you know, he just likes to talk to normal people, which is which is really good. Well, he uh, he's been super for the sport of professional rodeo and the PBR. I uh, I I remember back in the day, Joe coming to the NFR to go to the convention. Um, you always wanted to be at the gold gold coast. I, I believe uh, one year I had rooms at the MGM grand and that would be like 2000. So the MGM was the place back then. And we just turned our rooms in and, and stayed, uh, stayed at the state at the gold coast. That's where everybody stayed. That's where it was at. 
if you were a cowboy, you wanted to be at the Gold Coast. And, you know, back in those days, the Gold Coast was great, but it certainly wasn't up to the standards probably of the MGM at two, in, you know, in the year 2000. But uh, that's just that's just where you wanted to be. If you had a PRCA card, Mr. Gong, give you a bed. It was quite a deal for the Cowboys. Oh, and it was any time of the year, you know, it wasn't just at the NFR, you know, if you were just coming through town and needed a space, you could call Steve Fexler up, you know, and yeah, Steve, Steve would right. do whatever he could for you. Yeah. And, and Rex, uh, what was Rex last name? Bell? Yep. Yep. That's right. I forgot Rex about Rex. Rex. That's a long time yeah. since I heard that name. Yeah. Well, they, they would come to Canada uh, until they wouldn't let Steve over the border anymore, but Rex came quite a bit. Um, Steve, it was always a challenge. But um, there was always a good time following following Steve around at the West and in Edmonton during the Canadian Finals rodeo. Holy smokes, man! That guy knew how to get after it. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, uh, born and bred Binions. You know, he was a he was a Binion, so you know he knows how. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Flashing back, we'll go back to the early days. I know you've been to to eighteen of them, fourteen NFRs, but going to that NFR. Um, before you go into the PBR finals, do you remember what it was like to to get that call, dream come true? What do you remember about that very first uh, that first visit to the NFR? Uh, you, you know, uh, I'll tell you, it's it, it, Cody Cody Lambert. We were at uh, we were at in Poway, California, and uh, the. That that would been been the year that I the year before that I went, and he come in there and he goes, "You stupid little motherfucker!" And I'm going, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, what?" You know. And I respected Cody Lambert. I mean, he was kind of you know he was in that carload of guys that, you know, they they won everything. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, so uh, so I go, "Why am I stupid?" He goes, "You know what?" He goes, "You were going to the NFR this year." And I go, "What? Well, what, what do you mean?" He goes, "Well, you didn't even put." your name in. and i go well cody i didn't figure i was probably ready to go yet and he goes you let us tell you when you're ready to go you just make sure you get your name on that list and uh, so he goes you weren't gonna fight this year but you were definitely gonna be the all and uh because we want you to see what's going on there before this and that and so i i put my name next year and uh sure enough i i ended up getting it and uh it just, I'll tell you what, the making the top five or the top four, that was, that was, that was more scary than any of it. Mm-hmm. Because when you made the top four, you knew there was at least three of you going. And, uh, but when I made it, when I made the cut to get to that, that four, that was, that was a scary thing, you know, but I had a great corner too. You know, I mean, I had Don Kish, I had Lloyd Faria, I had John Grounty, who's the greatest promoter in the sport. You know, they, they were promoting me pretty hard to go. Yeah. So who else was in that mix? Who would be the four at that time? That era? Uh, it was miles. Rob. It was miles Lloyd. And I'm not sure who the, maybe, I don't know if it was Smets. I don't know who it was, but, well, uh, but it was, uh, it was quite, quite a deal. Maybe, maybe it was Eddie Hatfield. Wasn't it could have been Eddie. It, it could have been Eddie. How many times he was the alternate for a decade, wasn't he? Uh, I think at least three, three or three times I was there, three or four times I was there. Yeah. And was there two guys at that time or three guys? Yeah. No, it was always two. I never worked in NFR with three guys. Really? Hey, was it with PBR the first time working three guys? 
Yep. Later yep. on. That was the first, that was the first time ever I worked with, three, you know, three people. We talk about this lots on here and we talk about the one man to the two man to the three man. Sounds like obviously you worked a two man uh, most of your career, but, but what did you think from that switch to the two man to the three man? What's your opinion on, on that right you now? You know, Michael, Michael gone. He's the one that he called me up and he goes, because the, the PBR was doing it. And, you know, Michael called me up and said, Joe, what do you think about three guys working the NFR? I said, well, I go, I go, if they know, if they understand each other and they know how to work the three man deal, it's really good. Mm-hmm. But as long as the one guy is there for, as the third guy, you know, on the situation, instead of trying to take over the situation and you got three guys running into, into each other all the time, I said, you know, it, it could be really good. And uh, he goes, okay, good. That's what I wanted to hear. So he, uh, that was the first year that, that, that they hired the three guys. Wow. So, but I, and this is maybe old, but I used to work quite a few rodeos by myself. Yeah, that's wild, eh? yeah. so i was in the, i was in the, the you know the one one man one deal you know yeah. error went right through all or the committees only had to hire one guy was it a big fight down there in the prca when they implemented the two guy two man rule do you recall that i i think the committees had more of a problem with it than anybody especially the smaller ones, you know, cause yeah, they had all to pay for they were writing one check and then all of a sudden they're having to write, come figure out where they're going to come with their second money. Yeah. yeah. Even like I, the first year I went to Lewis, well, I only went to Lewiston once, but the first year I went to Lewiston, uh, you know, they were, they, they don't Lloyd Ketchum was the only guy fighting bulls. There. And, uh, it was like, they called me at wall. I was at Walla Walla, which was a weekend before. And, and they were like, Hey Joe, uh, would you mind coming up here and help us out doing this and that? And I go, well, what do you pay? And they, they all, they offered me $150 a performance. <laughs> and I told them no. And they said, well, we, you know, we pay Lloyd this much. We, you know, we pay Lloyd this kind of money and really can't afford the second one. So Frank Beard stepped up and, and paid the other half or paid, you know, made it whole, paid, paid what I needed. So speaking, speaking of Lloyd and, and taking the PBR out of it, Lloyd would have been the guy you fought the most PRCA perfs with over your career. Is that a safe thing to say? Uh, yeah, no, you know, I don't know. You know, I don't know. There was, a, you know, like there were some guys that, that worked for John, for John Groundy that, you know, that, that I worked quite a few, you know, worked probably three or four years with. A kid named Ryan Heiser worked a lot with him and, uh, but yeah, the once it, once we started getting all the committee hires, once everything went to committee hires, yeah, I'd say Lloyd probably. Yeah, because you guys would you guys have fought like six, seven NFRs together? Is that something? I think six. I think we six? were six together. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was Lloyd and we used to always call it the Lloyd and Joe show. I, I don't pay attention to it as much anymore, but back in those days, that was who was the personnel that was that was a big that was a big deal to us growing up watching to see you know there was no other options right the pbr basically was just in its infantry stages and and uh you know carving out their own path um and those yellow shoots was that's where it was at you know yeah you bet you know i talk about how humble joe is guys joe you still got nervous every perf even at the 14th trip there didn't you Every, yeah, every perf. What was your ritual? It was an every perf deal. It wasn't just, uh, it <laughs> what, was the, <laughs> what was the ritual? Just straight, just straight into the garbage can, huh? Just right into the garbage. Get down the bottom, get down the bottom of it, smell that green hair, 
and just let her go. <laughs> what do you think? What uh, was yeah, the? Go. What was the? Finally, my, finally after the finally after the eight or seven thirty period, they put a curtain there where I could come in the curtain. Every night before that, it was like wide open. <laughs> wide open. <laughs> then I get done with it, and I'd be ready to go. It was kind of my warm up ritual, I think. Yeah, <laughs> got you in the zone. Is there anything that stands out about those trips to the NFR or to the to the PBR finals? Maybe start with the NFR first. The first trip, the tenth trip, the last trip. Is there any? Uh, is there any one of those years that stands out maybe more than the other? The big thing I read the NFR was the worst paying radio I ever had all year. You think a radio that statue would have paid quite a bit of money? And it it was it was one of my worst paying radios at the that when the time was when it was done. Hmm. Wow. And the PBR finals was definitely one of the best. Cool. So, uh, you know, I, it was the, the very first one, you know, if you walk in that arena and you see the lights, you know, you go, Jesus, Grammar, this is, I finally made it. And I'd went to the NFR a couple of years to pick up, you know, pick up rodeo stock for Dan Russell. And he, he had tickets, you know, he had tickets to go inside. And, and I'd tell him, I don't want a ticket. I said, I ain't one in there, so I'm getting paid to go in there. If that makes any sense. Yep. hundred percent. hundred percent. You've been there more the than stage. a lot of people that had, had season tickets or tickets for over a decade. <laughs> yeah. It worked out, yeah. in the, worked out in the long run. <laughs> yeah, it did. So going, yeah, uh, sure did, going through the, to the, the PBR side of things, was there uh was it crazy to see where it is now from being a guy who was there, like you say, right at the start, trying to get in on the very start of it? To see where it's come full circle now, what's what's that like? And and just to see the sport grow, is it something that you like, or do you miss the old school ways of things, or what do you think of the whole situation that the rodeo? And no, I, I know. I mean, it, it's got to. And I, I I'll tell you what, I really like what's you know after this year, when they're going to go and have their finals in May, you know, all of a sudden it makes it like a it makes like a season, you yeah. know, it doesn't make it like it's a a year long drag out, you know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the money, the money now is incredible. Uh, Jess, I hope they're paying you guys good or better, but, you know, uh, you know, just the crap, just the way the crowds are and the followings and that, you know, that it's, 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 it's great. I don't, I, honestly, I don't watch it. I watch it when it, I want, when they came to Vegas for the team deal, yeah. you know, I talked, I talked to you, Jesse, and that was, that was probably the only time I went in the building. Yeah. Really, you didn't you didn't come in the building for that at all? No, I I walked in there because I knew Jess was there and I wanted to say hi to Jess, and uh, so I talked to him for five or ten minutes, and I went out. I I went back outside. I had two. I had a lot of other stuff to do. So it uh, you know, when I walked out of the arena the last time, and uh, Jesse was in there, I opened up my rigging bag and I told her, "If you guys want this shit, you can have it because I'm fucking done with it." <laughs> uh, that rig bag you know where that rig bag's probably at it's probably in a garbage can somewhere still no shit because <laughs> whatever them guys didn't take it got left there oh i got a shirt that'll i got a shirt from mr liesel i got one from mr rudy burns and i got one from you um nice yeah yeah those mean something still a lot I, i'll never forget when i was in vegas i was missing my who made those cool bags, the contestant bags? We got one at the NFR. Um, there were, it was Coors. 
Yeah. yeah. You know the bag I'm talking about. You guys got them every yeah, year. Yeah, definitely. And for whatever reason, I didn't have my bag. I didn't get my bag. And Joe, Joe's like, you got, I had to go running around looking for my coat and finally got it. But it took me about four hotel visits to finally track it down. And I didn't have my bag. And I remember, Joe, you, you went and got me my bag. You went and found it. And you said, you're not leaving here without one of them bags. And I, rem- I, I still remember that. And I appreciate that because, you know, that's intimidating. You still got it? No. You still got bro- that bag? I don't know where it went. Oh, there you go. What the fuck? <laughs> uh, I, do have, I do have my Gold Coast vest, though. That's yeah. good, man. Yeah. I do have that. I'm just mad I wasn't greedy that day and just took the whole damn bag myself. I, I should have. I, I do have the scissors, Joe. They still exist. Yeah. And, and your last yellow jersey out of that bag. So they're still safely tucked away in a closet here. Damn. Perfect. Joe, do you think it's, is it when you retired from it, you did it for, for so long, had such a successful career of it. When you, when you did walk away, you talk about going to the team deal at the South point and only going in early to say hi to Jesse. Is it tough to watch it or is it just something that doesn't really uh, tickle your fancy anymore? I hate watching Brazilians win. <laughs> and I'm not prejudiced, but, I yep. just I just get tired of watching twenty Brazilians, you know, just torture the shit out of them, you know, torture the shit out of them bulls. So I just don't enjoy watching it. Jesse, what was it like when Joe walked out of that arena for the last time, dude? Like Jesse, he, Joe was talking that you were there. You kind of cut out there for a minute on us, Jess, but you're back here now. But what was it? Uh, what was that like? Do you remember that moment? Oh yeah, yeah. especially right. You coming in? Yeah, I. Uh... You know, it's like I kind of get get sad thinking about it again. That's so. Uh, that was a a day that that I didn't uh, want to see come for sure. Selfishly, I uh, had well, I dreamed of uh, working with Joe and and being in that locker room with you, Joe, and and uh, the boys was just, was a dream come true. And and uh, you know, getting to live that out, I didn't want it to didn't want it to end, but. Uh, there was just, yeah, so many good times. I feel like the the inspiration you brought always to the locker room was something that uh, can't be replaced, and and it was something that uh, I'll appreciate forever. It's just like that consistent attitude of uh, you know bringing positive energy. We're gonna have fun today because why the hell else would we be doing a job like this? And and let's take these guys. Uh, good care of these guys and do whatever that whatever that means today so um, yeah like I said I've got, I've got those scissors and I've got that jersey and uh, and uh, that's for a reason there's not a lot of things that that I still have from back in the day but <laughs> I hung on to those. <laughs> no, yes you, you don't know, have to be flat on that podcast you're really you were probably really thinking fuck that old slow motherfucker is finally getting out of my fucking way <laughs> <laughs> Hey, well, ironically, ironically, Jess, um, it was an injury to our guest today that got you into your very first PBR finals uh, in Las Vegas. That's what that's what that's what the whole thing's about. It's all opportunities, you know, like Shorty, the first the first PBR Shorty or the he worked a PBR in Reno. He was living at my house. And uh, just moving up from Southern California and Smack broke his, I think he broke his neck again, maybe at Reno. I'm not sure. Broke He broke something. 
<laughs> and anyway, so there was, you know, they, they said, Hey, where's Shorty at? And I said, shit, I'll, you know, I can call him. And Shorty actually borrowed my pickup to drive up there to drive her, you know, and, uh, you know, got to come in the arena. So wow. that's what, that's what, it, that's what the sport's about. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm glad it was Jesse and not, not so about the couple other guys that I could think of that I'm be happy it was. Uh, for, for Jen to replace me, I was I was happy. Yeah, and I I remember you telling me that very thing. It was like about my second perf in, and I you know I was damn nervous to be there, and and uh, you know you came up and and uh, well you gave me shit first, and then you told you told me that because at that time I had some. Uh, I think I had Caradon Transport. You remember Caradon, Dave, Jason? I had, yeah. I had that on my shirt. And uh, Joe said, well, you might as well just take that off and put my name on there because I'm your new best sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> did you? Is that the wreck where you broke your face, Joe, or did you break your leg that night? That was the leg. I think it was my ankle. The yeah. ankle. I think it was that big Red Bull just squashed me. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. But I, I do. And I couldn't remember because there was another wreck, a PBR wreck where uh bull got you up against, uh, yeah, I don't know if you're against the shoots or in the shoot. Yeah. That was a dirty one. That was a PBR finals as well. Was it not? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I try, you try to, if you're going to have face injuries, you try to have it done in Las Vegas because they got really good boxing surgeons that can fix you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and I'm as beautiful now as I was before. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> was it the, the injuries, Joe, or what finally made you decide that that, that was it? Because after uh, you came back from that one, you went on a rodeo tour, right? You went to some of your the your favorite rodeos, a couple of them to finish off your career. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, well, the, yeah. The PBR finals was the last one. I mean, that's the last terrain I walked in. Okay. Uh, yeah. Miles Harris calling me right now. <laughs> oh, awesome. Tell me what we need him on this podcast. Uh, who knows? <laughs> yeah, tell him, tell him he's next. Uh, okay. Yeah. Anyways, uh, you know, I just got I got tired of the travel. You know, when you when you try to rodeo, when you try to go to PBRs out of California, you just can't. And Jesse, you're probably the same way. Yeah. You know, you just can't leave the day of a bull ride like Frank and, you know, those guys could, you know, and get on one flight and you're there. You know, when you come from California, you're going to the East Coast. You're, you're leaving a day, you know, a day, day and a half early, and then it takes you that it takes you a whole day, day and a half to get home. Yeah. yeah. And you know, I just got I just got tired of it, you know. And and the the PBR, you're you 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 get in the same rhythm. You fly into town. You go to your hotel. You go to there. You go to the arena. You go back to your hotel. You go from the hotel back to the arena, mm -hmm. you know, and it's just, and you're around the same people, you know, the rodeo deal, at least you go to a different town, you know, and you, and you get to see people you haven't seen in a long time, you know, or in a year or so, you know, and it was kind of fun. It was, it was definitely fun. So I knew I was done and it was, you know, I wish it would have lasted one more day, but you know, I kind of retired a day early. Yeah. <laughs> But it's part of doing your job, you know. So yeah, yeah you didn't finish the last. You did not finish your la the last perf. No, but ask ask Jesse. I was dressed to go. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I was, I was dressed to go, and Cody Lambert goes, "What are you doing?" I said, "Well, 
I'm picking, I'm picking all my broken teeth out of my mouth right now. He goes, no, why are you dressed? And I go, well, cause I'm not going to leave. I'm not going to leave money on the table for my last performance. And he goes, don't worry, we'll pay you. Oh, You're yeah. getting paid. And so anyway, so the last perf, these guys all leave. And I must've had a pretty good concussion because they woke me up when they come back into the locker room at the halftime because I was sleeping. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, shit. Yeah. Well, that, that was, uh, that was an uppercut like no other. And like you say, it's just yeah. one of those days doing, doing your job. It wasn't like you were rolling around being safe out there on your way out. It was like, you were yeah. all in like any other day. And that, that fucking bull with the, with the one horn i can't remember his name Fuck now. yeah that's what you call taking one off the chin oh, thank god that fucker didn't have two horns i might not be doing this podcast <laughs> right now <laughs> uh, uh, oh shit joe right. whenever i think whenever i think you joe i i don't know why it's it's got nothing to do with fighting bulls like when I, my first image when when your name comes up it's always catching you outside of a suite at the thomas and mac during the nfr with a nice cold coors light in your hand and we get to catch up and have a good bullshit that's <laughs> and and that's what i miss about rodeo yeah you know? there's a few nfrs that was you know we catch you in that hallway or in the concourse every year and that and i always enjoyed that look look forward to it and we wouldn't even have to talk about bullfighting. You just talk about how things are going and you'd ask about a few Canadians and, and we just bullshit and have a good time. And, uh, unfortunately during this COVID stuff, we haven't been able to travel as much, but, uh, hopefully that changes here real soon and we can get down there and come busy. Yeah. Do they got you guys locked down up there? But Jess, you are you on like a sports visa or something, Jess? So you can, yeah. you can travel? Yeah, that's what keeps me going is the, the sports visa so I can get back and forth as long as I'm, good and negative but yeah all those years rodeo and bull riding we all kind of have those that one bull or something that sticks out that always seems to to get us was there was there something there was a bull that stuck out to you that that uh maybe you didn't like fighting or, or maybe you did like fighting them because you could always eat it up but is there is there a bull that, that stands out to you from all those years or are they all just kind of rolled together no you know uh Dan Russell used to have one called wings okay. and it didn't matter what you did. He was going to hook you. And yep. he was just, he was like an old school Brennell, you know, and he was just an old smart wily bastard. And when he died, I was a happy man. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then all, then, then I started working for, I'd started doing a lot of John Granny rodeos, you know, and Kish had them little wiry bastards. And uh, he had a bull called party hound that used to, it didn't matter what you did, you know, and there were, you know, and then uh, there was one other one, and uh, it was a Kessler bull. He was a big black. I don't, I can't remember what they call shiver and shiver and shake. Shiver and shake. Yeah, <laughs> that's a big beat. And that big bastard. I was only, I was glad I only had to see him twice a year at the NFR. <laughs> yeah. And finally, he, 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 he would. That, that bull hit harder than any bull that that I ever been hit by. Jesus. His his swing his bat swing had to been like. 100 and something miles an hour <laughs> and finally one time i was gonna make it through there and i was gonna get away from him and i'm going son of a bitch i'm gonna make it this time he ain't gonna get me and myron duart was riding him oh, and boy. i blew through there and i thought i got you fucker and all of a sudden this right horn i don't know where it came from it poked me right in the fucking hip 
And that I had a bruise from that fucker for, I guarantee you, three months. I had a, a horn-sized bruise on my fucking leg. Uh, but really, number- those were the only three, you know. Yeah. And like the bull of Kishes, I didn't hate because he was good, you know. I mean, he was, he was doing his job, but like them other two, fuck them. They're them fucking fags. <laughs> Their necks would grow and they would just fucking say, here you come. You thought you were this far away. Now that I'm going to stretch my neck out, you're only this far away. That that shiver and shake, his number was 666. And he didn't even even fake looking like a Mexican. Like he was just an overgrown Mexican is what he was. Yeah, Uh, he was good at what he did. 1,850 or or 1,850 pounds. Looked the part. Fighting bull. What about the the bull riding wise? Joe, you've seen... Pretty much all of them. Who who stands out as as your? Uh, we ask this on the pod a lot. Get a lot of different answers, but a guy that's in the arena with them. Who stands out to you as probably the best guy you've ever seen uh, tied to the back of him? I'm gonna say Jim Sharp. Yeah. <laughs> just wrote it down, just so uh, everybody yeah. knows. There it is again. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna. T- I watched that Jim Sharp. He that guy could ride anything. Yeah. And I mean, I, I mean, they talk about riding percentages now, you know, Sage Kimby's riding 60% of his bulls. Jim Sharp used to ride 80, 80 something percent of his bulls away from his hand and 90 something percent into his hand. Yeah, he was, you know, I mean, that guy was just, he was just, just scary, scary, incredible. Yeah. You know, like guys, one. guys had flashes where they rode good, you know, like, like Owen Washburn, you know, he rode good for a couple of years, you know, uh, Adriana rode good for a couple of years. Yeah, but that Jim Sharp, from the time he showed up till the time he quit, rode good. And had a long career, too, yeah. That's a common common answer, hey? That seems to be um, the go-to on it. What about bullfighting-wise? We have uh, we did, we a couple bullfighting episodes. This is, I don't know, this is our third one, I think. Hey, Jess, we started with you, and then we had Smets. Bullfighting-wise, what stands out as, as um, maybe the, the best guy that you worked with or – team that you worked with is there is there somebody that stands out that you just clicked with or, or a team that you clicked with uh man that's a hard profession mm-hmm. <laughs> or that's a hard question yeah try stump you <laughs> uh <laughs> jesse of course yeah. <laughs> i mean that's it no I'm not, and i'm not blowing smoke up your ass i'm telling you yeah you know uh you know lloyd when he was young when when lloyd was Lloyd, Lloyd run through a phase, you know, like when he was doing the bullfights, he was awesome work the NFR with and the nights of the bullfights, he, you know, he had other shit on his mind, okay. you know, but when, once the bullfights were over, he was, he was great to work with, yeah. uh, you know, uh, Jesus, come I'm going to Frank, you know, Frank, he was re- always fun to work with, mm-hmm. uh, shorty, of course, but short, you know, shorty, I kind of brought him up. So. Uh, I don't know. There's a, there's a lot of them, you know, Yep. but there's, you know, like right now, like I don't watch much on the TV, you know, but the, the cowboy channel, they're hundred rodeos in a hundred days. Mm-hmm. I, I really started watching that Nate justice. And I think that kid's, I think that kid's hands. Cool. Yeah. There you go. Yep. You know, I think that kid does. I think he does a really good job. Do you ever watch on the cowboy channel and sit there and think, holy fuck, that was terrible or, or make you want to try to jump back out there and show them how it's done or phone somebody and say, Hey, what the fuck are you doing there? Jerk or maybe, Hey, good card. job. Jerk that card. Yeah. That trust me. Yeah. That happens. <laughs> <laughs> that happens. 
that happens. I mean, you know, that's one thing about it. I didn't want to, when I I was fighting bulls, I wanted to quit when I was still good, I thought. Yep. I didn't want to be that guy that was fucking stealing a paycheck. Okay. And uh, so that was, you know, that kind of helped. That was kind of part of my decision, too, when I quit, you know. I thought, here, I'm still on top. You know, I'm still, still good, I think. And uh, so now it's a good time to go. I don't want to be that guy that gets, you know, thought of like, God damn, that guy should have quit fucking five years ago. You know, I didn't want to be that guy. So. Well, I'm going to go on record here, fellas. I think, uh, I think I'm, I've got two of the greatest of all time. And I mean that on this podcast here right now, Um, Jesse's still got some years left in him and he's going to go down as, as maybe the best, maybe the greatest. Joe and I think you'd attest to that and before that like Joe you were in that era where when we were paying attention to what was going on in the industry and and uh, you were you were definitely my guy um and I bet you there's thousands of bull riders mm-hmm. that say the same thing and we've talked about John Growney a couple times and and I want to I want to requote and I know you're not going to like hearing this because you're a humble dude but um he said what made Michael Jordan great what made Joe Montana great, whatever that, that was, is what made Joe Baumgartner great. Um, you know, and, and coming from a guy like John Growney, uh, to say something like that and put you in that company, I, I, I have to say that, you know, I backed that 110%. Um, and I know you're not the guy that, that wants that pat on the back, but yeah, do you ever, do you reflect on your career and, 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 you know, think to yourself that shit, yeah, maybe I was one of the greatest. Or you know, I never do. I, 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 I never do. I, every time I, before I went to arena, I tied my shoes as tight as I could, and I did the best I could. And, you know, you, 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 there, there was some nights you go, son of a bitch, I suck tonight. But, you know, it, my as long as – I tried to make sure every bull rider walked out of the arena every night. And, and there's probably a record that still – there's probably a record that might not – it, that nobody ever thinks about but it's uh and it's 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 more of an honor to me that 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 re- there it i you can't even call it a record i guess but that one nfr there was 15 guys started and 15 guys gone on every bull yeah and it, really? it, can you think of how many years can you no. think of how many years that ever that, that ever happened yeah never right yeah not that i can think of <laughs> yeah that's pretty cool and what i love about that is that that's the stat that joe remembers and yeah. Is proud. yeah because yeah. that that to me just wraps up just perfectly what how you approach bullfighting and that's what i loved about okay. the way you did it and, and that's how i tried to, to operate and try to be like you every day in that sense so i think that's fucking badass yeah <laughs> not the 18 trips there's the 14 trips or all the awards that's the one that stands out <laughs> yep that's the, the, that's that's it the essence you, of the job now you want to hear the bad part of the story yep <laughs> <laughs> okay you guys aren't gonna laugh you guys aren't gonna laugh when i tell you the 15th or the 10th rounds when brent thurman got killed oh yeah on, oh, on Red jesus yeah. yep jesus so that kind of helps you that kind of helps you remember shit too yeah, yeah. But, highs and high, highs and lows, Joe. Um, yeah, you bet. Is that, is that the is that is that the all time low? Um, you bet it is. Yeah, for sure. You bet it because that that year that that year that that bull went to the NFR, 
Brian McDonald hit, didn't have him on the list. And I saw him somewhere and I go, Hey, you're, you're missing the best fucking bull in the whole fucking country on this list. And, uh, so anyway, so he goes, what's that? And I said, it's a bull called Red Wolf of, of Kishis. And I, oh, fuck that some bitch. I go, I'm going to tell you what, Brian, you take this bull to the NFR and he will be the rankest bull at the NFR and he'll win the fucking rank bull of the NFR. Mm. And so they put him in, they put him in the whatever round. He wasn't even in the rank pin. Brian didn't have no faith in me. And Brian used to do that Greek sheet. Yeah. You remember that, Jason? Yeah, I, I still got it. I still got it. Yeah, what's I, I kept the I one I had. But so anyway, so Aaron Seamus drawed that bull first, and he throwed Aaron plumb out of the arena. And so on the Greek sheet before Aaron got on him, Brian McDonald made a statement. He said, yeah, I didn't have this bull on the list, and Joe said this is one of the best bulls in the country. Let's see how much a fucking clown knows. <laughs> that, those were exact words, and I'll never forget it. So anyway, this bull throws Aaron out of the arena and then Brent draws him in the 10th round and goes, Joe, how am I going to ride him? I said, fuck, Brent. I don't think God could ride this fucker with two hands. I said, this is a fucking rank bitch. Mm -hmm. And fucking sure enough, man, there it went. So Jesus, that was the last words I said to Brent Thurman. Yep. Fuck. So I guess that's the, that's the, the ups and downs of the game. And that's as low as you can get. Right. And you love yeah, that. That's, you, you know, that's that. by far, that's, yeah, uh, you know, one like me and Brent were great friends, but you know, we were friends, you know, we we're amigos. So yep. it was kind of tough, but that was by far probably the worst moment of my whole rodeo career. Yep. Do you have a, do you have a best moment that stands out or some sort of memory that you could think of maybe a great save? Other than the the one that got you the very first one that you were talking about where you made your name, but is there anything else that stands out in that essence? Ah, you know the greatest thing ever happened <laughs> when Jesse Burns took my scissors in my shirt when I left him in the locker. <laughs> 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 oh shit! <laughs> no, you know I. It's more than you know more than anything great I did. I just like watching the young kids. I like watching the young guys come up. You know, Jesse just amazed me the first time I saw him, you know, the first time I worked with him, uh, you know, and there was, you know, Frank Newsom, <laughs> the first time I worked with him, you know, it was, you know, cause he was a, he was a, he was a kid too when he first come around. So, right. cool. you know, I just like, I like, I like seeing the young talent and the people that had the drive that I had to be, to be good. Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool because that essence seems to be lost quite a bit nowadays on on a lot of guys of, of wanting to help other guys and not hinder them. Nowadays, it's you know there's a lot of guys that are uh, very egotistical at it and want to want to be single singled out as as the great guy instead of working on a team. So, pretty cool to listen back and, and hear you talk about that the memories or the stuff that stands out. Yeah, to and, you. And, and that goes from that even to the money. You know, I mean. I try, I took pride into trying to get them rodeos to pay enough money, you know, pay good to when the next guy came along, he could make this, you know, he could make that money too. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Patriarch of the game. That's unreal. Right. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, it, when I used to do rodeo schools, which wasn't very many, you know, I used to part, part of, part of one day was about saving your money, investing your money, you know, cause it ain't going to last forever. That's right. So have something when you get done. Yeah. Joe, does the uh, the awards? I know that that all the other stuff stands out to you. I think more than than the awards, but uh, the Shoulders Award, the Lifetime Achievement Award, does that? That's got to mean 
something something big to you hey was that something that just icing on the cake after the career yeah you know it was i'd rather had a ring but <laughs> that's a whole another podcast joe okay yeah i know we've had we've discussed this uh, <laughs> that's a whole other podcast joe but i'll yes. tell you what you know where that uh th that trophy is in ryan Grounding's house okay He's got that, and he's got the first bullfry of the year uh, buckle that I won in the PRCA. Those are both sitting at his house on his table, on his front table. Shows what he means to you, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Joe, uh, this is the the NFP podcast. We have our own opinions on uh, on what NFP means to us. Uh, I want to know what uh, what NFP means to Joe Baumgartner. Uh, NFP. I don't. Uh, I know you don't like to swear, Joe. So just be careful how you answer this. <laughs> oh fuck! Uh, NFP to me: tie your shoes fucking tight and do the best you can at what you whatever you fucking do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's what it is. Practice yeah. like you perform. Love yeah. it. Love it. Cool. Okay, cool. Well, we do have. Uh, I got a lot more questions for you, and I could pick your brain for days. I'm sure Jessica, Jason, as well, and like Jason said, uh, that's yeah. a whole another podcast. So if we can ever get you back, we'd love to to have you back and get your opinions on some more stuff. Yeah, you guys. I enjoyed myself. You guys, just let me know. Awesome. Thanks, okay. Joe. I appreciate Thank it, you, man. Joe. I'll look yeah. you up here in a month. All right, and a half. guys, come down and see me. We'll, we'll have a cold one. We'll have a cold one if you got time. Awesome. All right, Thanks, guys. Joe. Perfect. This has been our interview with the legend right. Joe Bumper. We can live beside the ocean, leave the fire behind, swim out past the breaker, watch the world die. We can live beside the ocean, leave the fire behind, swim out past the breaker, watch the world die. Dreaming of yours.